This is the Life Therapy with Zeta podcast. I'm Zeta. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Conversations with Ourselves. Today I'm in conversation with Ainsley of Proper Candles USA. Ainsley is going to be interviewing me. I'm the one on the hot seat today and I will be talking about hypnotherapy, life therapy, systemic coaching, rattling perceptions and bringing clarity of thought. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Hello Zita. Hi Ainsley. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. We've got gorgeous weather. Yeah, we're we're not doing too bad over here in America, or in New York, I should say. Things are looking up for spring, so I'm very excited about that. Things start to have a a newness to them. So today, I kind of wanted to um, get a little backstory on you and how you came to this whole therapy thing <laughs> that we're talking about. I, I know you from being in the fashion industry. You were a stylist and you were working in LA and um, having quite a fabulous life. And then you sort of decided to go back to England and get into the life that you're in now, which is therapy. So tell us, how did you get to this? How, what, what happened? And give us a little backstory on you. Well, I think, you know, I was in one of those fortunate positions where when I came to America, America was really kind to me. And I had a phenomenal career working in fashion for 13 years. And it was kind of preset, actually, by the attitude which I came with, which was, I'm just going to say yes, and I'm going to be open to everything. And if it feels uncomfortable or I don't feel safe, I'll say no. So I came to America with this openness and saw it pretty much as the land of opportunity. And that served me really well. And then I went to California because I started working more out there with record labels. And that was great too. And I think what I've noticed in hindsight is with a lot of women, I share something we all have in common. We get to a point and we're kind of like, well, I quite like to settle down and have a relationship. And the career thing is great. And also them being so far from home, as in living in California, as opposed to London. Do I really want to do that here? And for me, I realized it was quite important to me, the familiarity of the culture that I was familiar in. America had welcomed me, but it was always quite clear to me that I wasn't American. Right. I didn't have that deep sense of belonging that you have when you were born in a country. So that's what I knew in hindsight, or that's what I've understood in hindsight. At the time, I was like, fashion is amazing. I'm having a total blast, but I'm kind of bored. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd pretty much kind of done everything that I had dreamed or imagined or hoped that I wanted to do. And I felt like I wanted to be a little bit more challenged. So actually, someone had made the suggestion kind of as a joke because getting your clients out onto the red carpet or in front of the camera to perform, there's quite a lot of coaching going on. And someone had sort of jokingly said, you'd be really good at this. You're like the silver-tongued devil. 
So it was by a series of kind of serendipity, I call it, chance, whatever you want to call it, that I ended up finding a school in Tarzana over in the valley that taught hypnotherapy. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Let me go check it out. And I did. And there was a psych report or a psych test you had to do. And on it, I registered as being close to burnout and depressed. And I was like, what? How can that be? It never really occurs to me because, you know, you just keep going and going. And as so many people do, they're not even realizing that they're hitting the buffers. So I took that opportunity to kind of do a complete life overhaul. I was successful. I could be proud of what I had accomplished. And I was just going to take some time out, do this course and see where it took me. So I trained as a hypnotherapist. And by the first class, I was like, oh, man, you know, girls in fashion, we like power. Hypnotherapy takes that to a whole other level. And it really was mentally stimulating. And there was something very rewarding in being stimulated that way. And there was a new way of using one's creative thinking. So that drew me. And I also had some friends who were doing coaching at the time. So I kind of got involved in training and coaching as well whilst I was doing all of that. And because I was still doing a few jobs, I still had a few clients. I would test it out. And I was like, ooh, that's good. Wow. You know, the things that you can do to improve someone's performance phenomenally exciting, not just for myself, but to be able to give that kind of support to other people. That was very exciting. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of an organic shift into something that I had already started doing. And I ran with it. And once I had qualified, I decided it was time to go home. And so I moved back to London. I was like, they don't have this over there. They've got a ton of therapists, gurus, and what have you in California. So why go into a saturated market where I can go to a market that isn't as saturated and be home as well? So I flew back to London and started practicing as a hypnotherapist. And everybody thought I was bonkers. Now they didn't think I'm a little less bonkers. Wow. And why do you think? people thought that is it just the British way that you don't tackle problems yeah well it I was because of the training I was so confident and so sure about life I felt safe I was like I can do anything and Mm. I said I'm going to get an office on Harley Street which is like the number one street in Europe basically in the world for healing healthcare and medicine What was I as a hypnotherapist going to do there? And everybody was laughing at my kind of cockiness. I didn't get an office on Harley Street. I got an office on Wimpole Street, which is the complementary medicine equivalent, but it's in the Harley Street square mile, as we call it. So that's the center of all of the best therapists, doctors, surgeons in England, and actually even in Europe. And yeah, that kind of confidence was unusual in England at the time you know there's a lot of shame about being comfortable with your talents and your abilities shame you say yeah it's not part of the culture okay it's quite Mm -hmm. protestant as a country so you're not really supposed to 
put your head up above the parapet and say, well, yes, I am good at this. And yes, I am capable of this. Right. You and, touched on something before. You said there's a power in hypnotherapy. You found yeah. power in that. But talk to us a little bit more about that. I find that very interesting. We spend so much of our lives living from our conscious mind. Mm-hmm. And the training in hypnotherapy introduces you to the power of the subconscious mind, which is 80% of our thinking. The conscious mind is only doing 20%, so it's actually carrying out commands that are coming from the subconscious. And if you're blind to the commands coming from the subconscious, you can end up living a pretty haphazard life. But once you know how to work with your subconscious mind and you have a sense of what's going on in there and how you can adjust it, that's power Mm. or personal autonomy. And so you shift from this place of being told what to think and how to think and how to be and how to live and what is good to living life on your terms and on your authority and knowing, you know, in hypnotherapy school, they showed us and they illustrated to us how much mass hypnosis is used, whether it's in advertising or in how media stories are given to us and the influence. And once you're all wise to that, you're like, oh, wow. All my thinking has been influenced. So the power in hypnosis is knowing, okay, this is designed to work on my subconscious needs, insecurities, fears, and doubts. But if you know what your subconscious hidden fears, needs, or insecurities are, then something else externally can't influence you. You decide for yourself. That's power. That's power. I get it. I, I totally get that because you then get to decide for yeah. yourself yeah. what's influencing you. Yeah, and then how you can use what's influencing you from your uh, internal messaging to decide the extent to which you can flourish in life. Wow, that's huge. So let's say, say that again. You can determine then from knowing what's going on within your subconscious patterning to what extent you can flourish in life. That's that's really profound. I, 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 that's yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. And so, there are a lot of people who are living quite limiting lives because they've been told either because of the color of their skin or their gender or where they went to school or which zip code or area code they lived in, this is as much as they can achieve. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty of people who don't subscribe to that. They decide for themselves. And then we look at them and we go, oh, you know, how did they do that? How did they accomplish that? And we'll get trickle-down pieces of information of you've just got to think like this or 12 light hacks. And that creates a kind of self-help addiction where you're chasing. But what, what the information that is missing is actually it's a shift in perspective within yourself. And some life hacks work for some people, but they're not going to work for all people because we're all different. Right. So what actually works for you? hypnotherapy works with what works for you with your own life script so you can apply hypnotherapy to what's already within your 
own life experience. And your life script, and you can go, okay, this is the script I have. These bits are useful and helpful. These bits I've kind of pushed to the side because I didn't understand them, or I've been told that they're not valuable, or they were negative experiences. But actually, we can mine these for a whole source or plethora of strengths that you're not drawing upon. Right. They're already written in your script. Now, if you use them, it changes the script, changes the outcomes. So did you find that in practicing hypnotherapy, that for you personally, apart from finding your power, so to speak, confidence, what, what other ways did you find that hypnotherapy affected you in a positive or negative way? When you overcome your insecurities, you realize how even the people that you have around you are supporting you staying in your insecurities. Whereas once you overcome that, all those people said, oh, you're crazy to try and achieve that thing. You go, well, thank you. And you take a little bit of a step back rather than go, oh, my God, maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And, oh, I really value your opinion. Right. That changes. And then you might find yourself in a new arena with other people who think the same way. And then things start to move because, you know, like the old saying, stick with the winners. Mm-hmm. And you become a winner yourself. Mm-hmm. And so having the confidence first to kind of leave that, but then also leave that way of thinking, those patterns and those thought beliefs that can keep you stuck, you realize, wow, there's so much more to life than just this. So you you can re- you realize that you can expand into some other area without without even realizing totally. it. You know, you got you. You were in fashion, and and as we said in the beginning, you moved into hypnotherapy or therapy, life therapy, and you know, so many people uh, feel stuck in what yes. they do today with this type of therapy or, or therapy uh, in general. You can discover that there's so many other things that you are capable of. Common day parlance, people talk about it finding your purpose. Well, you are your purpose, but sometimes your purpose can be disguised. So I learned a lot from working in fashion, like I said. Yeah, I can dress people and make them look amazing. But what's more interesting for me in terms of my purpose is supporting people to become independently strong on their own. Without the clothes, I do it even better than I was doing it with the clothes. The clothes were just... uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> so right. my purpose is is to support people to be the best that they can be. Right. So now, and so now, what? Where has your practice led you today? What are you doing? Who are you working with now today? Well, now, what is actually really amazing and really exciting for me is that I work a lot with what we call high functioning individuals or high achievers or super overachievers. So people who are in very demanding professions, executives up to chief executive officers, high functioning people who are in the legal profession, in government, uh, in finance, um, or entrepreneurs who are starting their own business or have their own businesses. I have a regular column, which I write for the lawyer, which is actually also syndicated across to the American lawyer. So there's a beautiful global reach in supporting lawyers to be the best that they can be in their career by supporting their well-being. 
which is phenomenal. And then I also often go into law firms and help them find resolutions to difficulties the law firm may be happening in its performance and functioning, mm. whether it's teams or at the level of management. So I'm more working now with systems, the individual system and the organization system. And I also do groups to support female executives to perform to their best, whether it's overcoming the fear of asking for a pay rise or if they want to go to the board, what are the mindsets and values and perceptions they need to take on board in order to get to that place? Because they often are running old patterns that restrict. There's a tendency to think it's always an external thing that's stopping our progress. 90% of the time, it's an internal thing. So being a woman or being a person of color or, or just you know the way you were brought up, and, and being told that you cannot do this, you cannot do that, you cannot be this, you cannot be that. We don't realize those things are playing in the back of our mind. And if that were true, there would be no successful women or no successful black people or no successful black women. Right. But that's not true. Not so true. what is the difference between those who have achieved and those who feel that they're struggling? And even then, even if it's poverty, we know there are plenty of Black women from very poor families raised by single mothers who have charged to the top. The whole principle in many ways of coaching and in particular hypnotherapy was rather than modeling the behavior patterns of people who were not succeeding, which is where psychotherapy and psychology traditionally stood, coaching and hypnosis model the patterns of incredibly successful people okay. and found ways to introduce those to people who wanted to experience success, personal growth or professional development so that they could engage with those in their own way and utilize them to flourish to the extent to which they could. That's what I love about it. That's terrific. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Zita. That's quite the backstory <laughs> well thank you and it's been really wonderful having this conversation with you and i hope that's put a little bit of an illumination to what coaches and hypnotherapists do or in particular the way i work because i have quite a unique way of working right and it's life therapy with zeta yes and so, and so not to not to i want to just quickly go into life therapy and what that means. I mean, it may sound obvious to some people, but just well, talk about that in a second. Well, for me, uh, life therapy came because it's a holistic approach that I take when I'm working with my clients. You know, we're looking at the whole system, the body system. I'm Now, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a uh, osteopath or trained in those other things, but I am trained to observe the person's body and I can tell from the way they're standing what's off mentally or emotionally or physically. And then we're looking at that. So looking at their body system to places where they could get additional support. Then we're looking at the mental scripts that they are carrying and where there are improvements that can be made. And that will actually taper back to the family into which they were born. What system were they born into in terms of their family? What system 
in terms of culture and country were they born into, because those things will also have a powerful influence in how someone's map of the world is modeled. Someone who's born in England in the 1970s is going to have a different mind map of life than someone who was born in America in the 1980s. Life therapy with Zita. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on episode five of Conversations with Ourselves. In Conversation, Life Therapy with Zita and Proper Candles USA. Illuminate your life with a beautiful candle today. I hope you will subscribe to our podcast or leave a comment in the section below. I trust you enjoyed the conversation and will be joining us for the next one coming soon.